What's up, Predators? Thanks for tuning in to the audio portion of the Smasher Pass broadcast with Travis and Dean. If you want to catch the video portion of it whenever we go live, check it out on YouTube at Apex Predator Outdoors and at Lung Crusher 53. Whenever we go live there, you can comment and be part of the show live. Comment and talk to our guests and uh, be a part of the show. So if you want to check it out, again, go check it out at Apex Predator Outdoors or Lung Crusher 53 at YouTube and be part of the show and also guys go ahead and subscribe and like and hit that little notification bell so you can be reminded whenever we post new episodes of the show and also subscribe to the feed here wherever you're listening to it so you can make sure that you never miss a new episode thanks predators and as always keep defying the odds all right what is going on predators it's travis here with dean and lovely kendall jones today we're going to be just talking uh uh, to Kendall about some different things we've got going on. She's got going on some awesome hunts. She's doing a lot about youth outreach and things. And so we're just really excited to have her on and, uh, you know, talk to us about hunting, conservation, Second Amendment, all this kind of stuff. And uh, with us, we've got Dean today over at their Lung Crusher 53. What's up, guys? Hey, I, I really want to thank Kendall for coming on. It's been a long, long time in the works with her schedule, so I really appreciate your time. It's an honor, uh, and thank well, you so much. <laughs> well, thank you for having me, and I apologize. I know I've had to reschedule on y'all, but thank you for accommodating. Oh, you're welcome. So um, just for any of our viewers that may not know who you are, just maybe a quick background of how you got into hunting, what you like to hunt, you know, what do you like to use? Just general 30,000 foot view of who Kendall Jones is. So I grew up hunting with my dad in the outdoors and I actually grew up really hunting in Africa. And then whenever I was 19, I went over there on a big game safari with my dad and those pictures kind of got taken by anti-hunters. I was canceled. <laughs> and from there I've grown the following that I have and now I'm able to be able to have a reach and a platform to, for hunters and be able to educate people on what hunting actually is. That is very long story short. No, that's great. And yeah, that was a um, an interesting journey you had when that first came out. So how did you deal with all of that? I mean, that had to be a rough patch for a while. Yeah, I get that question a lot and actually it really didn't bother me. Like it was kind of like an out of body experience almost. I was like, dang, like that girl is getting a lot of hate. But at the end of the day, like that girl was me, but I never let it affect me because people like I had people from all over the world talking about me and I didn't even know who these people were. So I always had the mindset that people talking about you without even knowing you says more about who they are as a person than it does me. And I knew at the end of the day what I was doing and why it was good and what conservation was. And I realized at that point that people didn't People were just uneducated. So I've made it my mission to try and flip the narrative and show them why it is what we do. Why it is we do what we do. Do what we do. <laughs> and that's like actually the one of the things Travis was and I were talking about prior to you coming on is that the conservation piece. I've never been what I would say a trophy hunter. I'm a meat hunter. So kind of explain that side of it for for people that may not know including myself like i you know i've never been to africa or wanted to hunt a lion or whatever but you know what's your what's your kind of reasoning or take on it or what's what's behind that 
mainly to go into Africa specifically is those animals are looked after and taken care of because of hunters. If it wasn't for hunters, poaching is such a huge thing over there that it's hunters money that goes back to those anti-poaching communities and make sure that those animals are taken care of and they're looked after. And I always say like, um, we sacrifice one to save many because if you take the value off of an animal and there's no reason to watch after it anymore, farmers that look after these animals aren't going to spend their own dollars doing that. I kind of always say, um, like if corn wasn't in demand here, people aren't going to farm corn and make, and look after corn. So it's kind of right. like it is um, just like in an animal perspective. Interesting. You know, that's another thing that's really important is the people that would go on there and that get, go online and easily criticize you kind of shooting from the hip. It's like, I don't think they understand all that goes into it. It's like literally, it's not, you're just running up there in the car and just shooting the first thing you see. Yeah. It's like those things are groomed for, they're picked very specifically. And why don't you talk a little bit about why or how you choose the animal that's going to be taken in that sort of situation. I mean, I think this just goes to hunting as a whole. If you're an ethical hunter, you're going to want to go after the oldest, the one that's not breeding anymore, the one that maybe be carrying like bad genetics as far as health reasons. Like you want to take those animals out of the population so that you'll have a, herd, a healthy herd and um, the population will thrive in the wild. I mean, that's the same thing, I think, universal. Yeah, and I think like a lot of people don't know that like, for instance, like the lions, you see a hunting the lion. A lot of times the lion that's taken out there is like one that's been kind of kicked out or exercised out of the pride. And if you don't take care of those, they said they will go around and they will just murder cubs from the other prides in order to even that same pride that they just get kicked out of. And so the conservation around there goes deep. My, my uncle used to take people out on the safaris up in Africa. And he kind of taught me some of these things. And that was one thing he said that it's, it's, it's a whole management perspective. It's not just conservation, but it's like wildlife management, kind of all Yeah, absolutely. And what people over here don't realize, like those lions do go into villages, like mm. South Africa, Zimbabwe, there's parts if, I mean, the whole country is, is a third world country, but there's parts that people literally live in villages, no running water, no electricity. And you have lions and elephants coming into their village, either killing people, eating all of their crops, and that ruins their like entire entire livelihood. So there's is, like a ton of things that go into conservation. I could talk about it all day. <laughs> no, and it, and that's and it's fascinating because I don't think enough people talk about it. To be honest with you, um, yeah. And like, so, go, I've been going over there since I was eight years old. So I always go over there and learn something new. I'm constantly asking questions. So I know all of this. I just don't know what other people don't know. So it's kind of hard for me to be able to explain it to people without them asking me directly specific questions. So someone commented and said, SCI does a lot for hunters. I work a lot with SCI and they do do a lot. Um, so is that how they pick which ones you're going to harvest are the ones that are a nuisance to the tribe. So they, is that um, how you know what to go after? I guess is my point. In specific areas, there are like ones that just roam the wild like that. And they have, it's called a problem animal control. I've actually hunted on a couple of those permits for different species, not for lions, but um, it's so the government will actually hand out a PAC tag problem animal control and you can go out and take out that animal because it's either it's causing disruption interesting 
So, uh, and I don't know what SCI is. So can you just because somebody commented on that? What is it? <laughs> um, it's Safari Club International. So it's an organization that puts hunters first and kind of speaks on behalf of hunters. So how is that whole experience? Is it, you know, when you kind of get there, um, are, are you intense? Are you gonna, are, are you do you stay in the city and you go out? Like, how does that work? I'm fascinated. <laughs> yeah. I, so it, honestly, you would be surprised. It's kind of just like it is over here. They have like five star lodging. It depends where you go. I've been to Zimbabwe, which is a little bit more rough than South Africa. But um, yeah, they have lodges. I haven't ever had to camp over there. I've stayed in like nice tents i wouldn't consider it camping it's like you know the canvas tents like yeah, yeah. it has there's here. a bed inside so like <laughs> okay. take that for what it is i don't it's, consider it's it glamping camping. it's glamping yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to but, take your msr burner and all that right? yeah, all that's included no. okay you have wi-fi for the most part <laughs> so it's literally but, not going to be like your elk hunt then is, is what you're saying no yeah so but it's also different like i went to zimbabwe and the camp over there like i didn't have service for two weeks so mm. it kind of it just depends on where you go south africa there it's kind of what you want it what you want your hunt to be you can kind right. of pick gotcha that's awesome and um it, so where are, you, where are you going uh, for your elk hunt i am going to farmington new mexico right i'm on. going out up with wild wild out pro outfitters Nice. It's wilderness outfitter production, but wild out pro. Yeah. Oh, I, um, I went hunting with them back in 2015 for a mountain lion. So this is the first time we're getting back together to go hunting. So I'm excited about it. That's awesome. We just got back, uh, way too early. We, we decided to go the first, uh, opening archery in Utah, um, and learned a lot. I've not killed one either. And I've been five years. So I figured, it took Dan Staten five, so I'm okay. Like I'm not, my feelings aren't too terribly hurt yet, you know. But it when when hey, we finally harvest one, it's gonna be amazing. That's what I was gonna say. Once like you finally harvest one, it's going to be even that more much more rewarding. Absolutely, worth the squeeze, right? Hundred percent, you know. But it, every time we go, we learn something new. So, uh, like I said, this year was we just were too early, and I mean, it was eerily quiet. Nothing was bugling and. You know what? But it was a great hike. You know, I got I got some good physical activity out of it, and it was beautiful. So who cares? You know, you got to spend some time in the outdoors. You 100%. make memories. Right, right. And that's glass glass half full. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, so tell us about uh, some of the things you got coming up. Uh, what are some of the things on your calendar as far as uh, hunting and outdoors and all that good? So I have the elk hunt that's coming up. Um, actually, next weekend is my birthday weekend. Happy um, birthday. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Me and a group of my girlfriends are going down to South Texas and going offshore fishing. That's what I wanted for my birthday. Um, so they're right all on. coming. It's going to be it's going to be a good time. I haven't been offshore fishing in a while. So I've been wanting to go all summer and it just oh. has not worked out for me. So I'm finally getting to go. Then I have the elk hunt, and then I have a couple of youth hunts coming up too. Um, have y'all heard of my Pass It On campaign? Yeah. So, but talk about a little bit more about how that works, because what I what I want to see you do is is to get into the adult world, so my wife could come. And, you know. <laughs> hey, I I'm not gonna say that hasn't crossed my mind. I kind of a little thing I've been thinking of. Nothing in the works. This is just me thinking out loud right now. But I've been wanting to get a bunch of girl groups together because I have a lot of my girlfriends that haven't ever been hunting. And they're like, I really want to do it. 
And so I think it would be a really good idea to get a group of women out and go to a camp and go all go hunting and kind of teach them. So that might be something in the future, but my pass it on campaign right now, um, I have been raising money. I started it last year, but I raised money to be able to create opportunities to take kids on hunting and fishing trips with me. So I have one at the end of the month. I'm taking three girls down to South Texas and we are going whitetail hunting. Awesome. That has got to be one of the hardest things you do is how do you narrow that down with all of, I'm assuming, like applicants, so to speak. I mean, that's going to be terrible. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. And um, I've definitely had some trial and error experiences. The first time I did an essay contest and y'all having to, one, I had, I read over a hundred essays and (laughs) I narrowed it down. I had to narrow it down to one. Like oh. how hard is, yeah, oh. um, but it was oh, a success. Man. It was a great time. She, her name was Maddie and she came out to West Texas with me and she killed a doe. We didn't have a, the weather didn't cooperate quite right. And so, but she was able to get a doe. So it's fun. We created a lot of memories and it was all about the experience. How and then I did. That? Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun, especially getting to know him and her aunt came with her. So that was really cool. Um, and then I did one last spring as well. And it actually, this girl's name was Madison. So Maddie and Madison, <laughs> random. And she also came to West Texas and went on a turkey hunt. So those two were the entries. This year, I'm actually taking the grandkids of one of the ladies I work with um, for my Christmas angel project. She's helped me a lot through the years being able to um make my Christmas angel project come to life and has always supported me. And so her grandkids are at the age that they're able to hunt. And I was like, I want to take them on a hunt and get them into the outdoors. And she was like, they would absolutely love that. So um, they're the ones going with me down to South Texas. And so what you're doing here is really important because like I say, it's, it's something we need to do, like, especially with the younger generations, like we need to not only like teach them about what hunting is, but just normalize it, say like, this is a thing that people have done for so long and it's a tradition that's worth passing on worth carrying forward and you know maybe they don't come from a family that has hunted before and so you you get them into that world and they i mean it's it's hard not to get addicted to it you know and uh, yeah. so i really appreciate that that you're doing all that that's awesome absolutely i know um if it wasn't for my dad i wouldn't be involved in the outdoors so i know that a lot of people don't have an outlook or a way to actually get out into the outdoors so i want to be that liaison and be able to help them understand why our traditions are so important because i believe it's up to us to pass our traditions on to the next generation and get more people involved because if we don't it's going to die out unfortunately Yeah, it's uh, I took my son on his first hunt and, and uh, we literally it was the craziest thing, but it was like it was like the cornfield opened and it was right before last shooting light and like all of these bucks just kind of came in and with literally within five minutes, we both dropped one and he started screaming. He's like, oh, my God, this is like the best father Sunday you know, ever. And I'm like, um, I know, right? <laughs> you know, so, yeah, totally. I, that. That's probably my favorite thing is to see these kids reactions. It's it's awesome. And I had one girl beforehand. She was from the inner city. And this is um, a youth hunt that I have just volunteered on every year. It didn't have to do with my Pass It On campaign. But um, she came out and she was like, by the end of the hunt, she was like, you know what? 
I actually like really like it in the outdoors. And I was like, no, <laughs> I, I, I got so happy. I was like, my heart is so happy. So I'm going to try and get her out on another hunt. I've met like so many kids throughout the years that I want to be able to bring them like on their first kill. Most of the time they, their first time they don't tag out, you know? Mm. So um, I want to be able to teach them more than just what I did on the first time. Around. Is there any follow up with it? Do you ever, do you, I mean, I'm assuming, do you ever keep touch base with them and they come back out like two years later or anything like that? Or? So, uh, not, I mean, my Pass It On campaign is so brand new that I haven't been able to with that, but I've volunteered on a, on a girls' youth turkey hunt for the past five years now. And so, a girl from my hometown, I was taking her a little girl for like the past four years. And so, we have like pictures from whenever she was a baby. I thought she was a baby, and now she's taller than me. And she was <laughs> able to kill her first turkey this past year. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Good for you. And she, she loves the outdoors now. Yeah. And she's like doing it on her own, and I see her <laughs> helping like her, like, baiting other kids hooks i'm like yes. my little prodigy <laughs> <laughs> that's, right. that's amazing and then and i think i saw something you had too with maybe it's the angel one where you had the backpacks as well is that oh so i had my supplies for success fundraiser that's that just there. got yeah that just got done um in August. So basically, I just raised money to be able to go and buy school supplies for kids in need. I have a lot of uh, lower income schools around me. So I'll go and donate backpacks to those schools. I work with different organizations who work in like the child care, um, like CPS. And so I will get backpacks and donate them to them. And then my Christmas angel project is coming up at Christmas time. And I host a big auction every year and auction off items that people have donated, that my partners have donated and raise money to be able to buy Christmas for kids as well. Oh, that's awesome. That is so cool. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. Well, it's, it's one of it's, my favorite things of the year. It's so rewarding too, right? I mean, that, that, that whole kind of giving back is oh, to your point. Sure. It just, it just fills you up. It, I've always laughed about just hunting in general. It's, it's like the most selfish, selfless sport you can be in. Right. Cause I just as happy with somebody else, you know, dropping something as I do when I, when I, when I do it, you know? Yeah. But it's, Absolutely. It's cool. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things about hunting now is being able to take other people and watching them experience it for the first time. Right. Hey, that's so awesome. And as you're saying earlier too, Dean, it's like, you know, just, even if you don't kill anything, you learn a lot of lessons, you know, it's a huge growing experience. And, uh, I was listening to somebody on a podcast recently and they were talking about it in the hunting, you know, and there's reminiscing about going hunting with their father when they were young and, you know, they'd be having just the worst hunt ever. There's no animals. There's like no sign. And he's like, man, isn't it just a beautiful day out here? Like the sun's coming up, you know, it's just like the perfect temperature right now. You know, it's like you focus on all those other little things and it's just like, there's so much you can gather from that experience that I think a lot of times with the younger ones, it's good to focus on all that stuff too. So that whenever they leave, they're like, you know, I didn't, I didn't drop an animal, but I had a really good time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I always awesome. go into the outdoors with the mindset of it's just great to be outdoors. And if I kill something, that's just a bonus. Right. Absolutely. Well, it's a buddy of mine had said one time, and I'll never forget it. He said, the, the best thing about hunting, especially getting out in a tree stand early in the morning, is to see God come alive. And I thought, I will never forget that because that was yeah. perfect. That yeah. was perfect. 
Yeah. yeah. I always say watching the world come to life because you literally hear the crickets go to sleep and the birds wake up. It's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the other things I was going to ask you too, um, on the, on the two a side is, um, you, you did some stuff with turning point and yeah. how did that kind of come around? Well, a, I'm a huge fan of Charlie and Candace anyway. So, uh, I'm actually jealous that you got to meet him, but how, <laughs> how did that, how, how was that whole, that, that whole thing pan out for you? So it's funny. It actually goes back to 2018. So I was at the NRA and I was speaking, I was the keynote speaker at the Hunters Leadership Forum, which is like a group that's a part of the NRA and it's all the hunters there. And this time I'm giving like one of my first biggest speeches and Charlie Kirk and Donald Trump Jr. are sitting right in front of me. And I'm like, hold up, why? Why am I the keynote speaker here? And um, to be completely honest, at the time, I didn't know who Charlie Kirk was. I didn't know what Turning Point was. I wasn't in politics like at all. Um, I had been a little bit more interested because Trump had ran in 2016 and that kind of just, I always say Trump made me like start thinking, like turned my mm -hmm. brain on to like what's actually going on. And so that's whenever I got like a little more involved and concerned and started doing research for myself. And so I gave that big speech and afterwards Charlie came up and he was like, hey, um, I run this nonprofit, Turning Point USA, blah, 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 long story short. He was like, I want you to come and like be a part of my organization. And I was like, um, that's like really flattering, Charlie, but I don't think you understand I don't do politics. Like <laughs> I'm not a political person, like I hunt and I'm in the outdoors, like in history was my worst class, actually, <laughs> right? <laughs> history was my worst, my second worst. And then like English and grammar was right under that. <laughs> but, um, and he was like, perfect. That's exactly what we want. And I was like, what? huh? That makes no sense. And he was like, we need to open the minds of other people just like yourself and get those people involved and to speak up and understand what's going on. And I think you have a great audience that you can reach and like uh, stream that message to. And so I started working with them in 2018. And then I think it was 2020, I became a contributor with them. And so I work with them quite a bit. And that is how I went to Israel that I just got back from. We talked nice. about that beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Um, Turning Point sent us to Israel. So what did you do there? So we just toured around the country and learned about Israel and the country itself and why it's so important and just really educated us on everything. I didn't know hardly anything before that trip. And I came back, like, I'm still trying to process everything that we learned, but it was truly incredible. And I would encourage anyone listening to, if you ever get the opportunity to go, because it's life changing, like you're walking where Jesus walks. So right. it's, it's, like it's where the end times are going to happen as well. So like, <laughs> 100%. Uh, Hundred percent. That's amazing. What a great experience. I mean, that is a lot of really cool pictures have, on here and stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you. I have so yeah. much more. I like. I'm trying to go through it. I don't even know where to start. But I have a question for y'all because I didn't know this, and maybe I'm just ignorant. But did you know Israel became a country in 1947, less than no. 70 years ago? Yeah, I, I didn't know and the exact that, year, but I knew it was yeah. And so like that just proved to me myself, I'm like, wow, I really don't know anything. I didn't even know countries like became a thing in the last hundred years. So 
<laughs> it was an eye opener for me, but now I'm educated. So coming back to spread the word. Coming back. Good for you, man. That's that's awesome. The uh, so you kind of talked about you know the end of times and all that. How how much do you think your faith has really come out through kind of the conservation of what you do? I mean, it's got to be a, a very integral part. I'm assuming. Yeah, so I really got more into my faith whenever I was in college. And really, it was like after my dad passed away, my dad passed away in 2016. And mm -hmm. so I was going to church like on campus, like, but I really got into it more so after that. And it was like a month or two after my dad passed away, I met a guy, his name's Brad Clay. He is in, um, he has a show on the Pursuit Channel called Final Descent Outdoors. And he was a youth pastor for 15 years. And we worked with some of the same people. So that's kind of how we got connected. And I still remember is one night whenever we were bow fishing, I went out and I just asked him a million questions because I, I was like just so confused on everything. And he answered them all for me. And I that's like whenever I really started getting into it. So anytime I always have people like in my DMs, like hating on me for um, hunting and saying like, how can you be a Christian and kill animals? And like, I read those. And so I would go back to Brad and I'm like, Brad, what do I say? Like, I know what I, I know that what I'm doing is right, but like, how can I prove this? And so he would send me verses. And so like, I'd really start looking into it. And so I just try and spread the message there as well. I have them in my notes on my phone. So don't ask me to repeat. I can't, I can't remember the exact verses, but I'm still working on it. Okay? So it's, yeah, it's, it's progression, not perfection, right? Exactly. exactly. I know so, where my heart is at. That's all that matters, right? Yeah. So when it comes to the, uh, like I say the uh, uh, second amendment stuff, uh, like I say, when it comes to guns in, in particular, um, you do a lot of, uh, you know, shooting sports. You, I saw the videos recently where you're out shooting clays and everything. And so uh, just as a, a, a personal curiosity, I guess, with each, uh, like I say, what's your, what are your favorite calibers? Like uh, what's your favorite type of shotgun? What's your favorite type of uh, big game gun, et cetera? Tell us a little bit about what, what Kendall shoots. Okay. Uh, I have a Glock 9mm 43. Tiffany Blue. <laughs> um, <laughs> that that story is actually cool. This so and my dad passed away in January, and um, for Christmas he had ordered me this the Tiffany Blue Glock nine millimeter, but it was back ordered, and so I actually didn't get it until after he passed away. So it's oh, kind of wow. like his last last present to me. So like wow. that gun has a special oh, place man. in my heart. But um, I like to shoot the Super Black Eagles twelve gauge is what I've shot but i'm kind of open to trying anything my go-to gun like if i'm out driving around my dad had a huge weatherby collection so that's kind of like my go-to a 257 that's just kind of like a nice not i probably i wouldn't shoot big big game with it but it does the job every time um i have like 340 weatherbees as well and then for big game hunting like what i've used in africa i've used a 416 and a 470. In the first the first gun I ever shot was a 416 whenever I was 13 years old. Awesome, my dad man. tricked me. He said it was I think I I I'd probably shot like a 22 or something like that before, but like my first like rifle, we go down to the shooting range and he's like 
because I was getting ready to go to Africa. And he's like, here, um, shoot this gun. And he was like, it's going to kick a little bit, but it's fine. Just shut, <laughs> shut it into your you'll be fine. And yeah. you'll be good. You're going to be fine. Like, I wouldn't let you do it if I didn't think you could. So I'm like, whatever. I shoot it and like, it like blasts my arm off. And I'm like, yeah, it was great. Like, I'm, arm was all crooked. You're like, thanks, Dad. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was no way like I would have told him. I, I, so I always thought that a gun kicked that hard. I'm like, it is what it is. Like I have to be tough or I'm not doing it. So I was tough and that's, I just thought a gun kicked that hard until I realized there was different calibers. <laughs> and now it's well, in the closet. Yeah. yeah. Now it's mounted over here. I'm not... <laughs> yeah, no, but sometimes I'll have friends come over and they'll like yeah. see the gun or like I'll show them the bullet and they're like, I want to go and shoot that. I'm like, okay, yeah. let's go. Oh my God. It's like so, $20 a bullet, but right. let's go. Yeah. <laughs> So what what is your is your favorite? Are, do you prefer rifle hunting or bow hunting or crossbow? Like, or do you, do you even care? Do you even have a favorite? Yeah. See, I my outlook. I just love hunting and love being in the outdoors. I haven't gotten too much into archery. However, I know that I would love it. I want to. It's just I haven't taken the time to yeah. do it, and I need to. And it's on me that I haven't. I've done a lot of crossbow hunting because I work with 10 point crossbows, but I mainly look at it to help kids get involved in the outdoors. And so me taking them on trips, I brought, I do a couple of trips a year for myself, um, but I try and take a lot of kids. So like I'll take them crossbow hunting and it's a good like liaison between like a gun and actually having sure. to pull it back. So, um, I mean, I've shot some with a crossbow as well, but the main thing that I've always hunted with is a rifle. Right. I'm not opposed to any of it. Right, right. How about, uh, you are you are you a big duck hunter at all? Do you like? You can't talk about I, the smile on his face. Dean is a yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so Dean so drives. Nice. I just no. got my duck stamp in. I'm Dean so drives an F one fifty that has a wrap around it that is uh, ducks and everything, and then he's got a quack rack on top. So. <laughs> he's all I just I just laugh because I know if any of my friends are watching this or will listen and watch this, they're all going to laugh at that same exact question, and I'll tell y'all why off of the podcast. But. Uh, I do. I do like waterfowl hunting. I've been every year for the past couple of years, but one of my best friends, Taylor, she's in love with it. So um, we're going to go this year, but she's I don't have anything planned yet, but. She was just on. When do we have her on? Oh like, yeah. Couple, I saw like, that. Two weeks ago. I think, yeah. uh, no, it took about a month ago. Yeah. About a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was when the, it was, you were probably right behind her over there. I was at the, when they're at Houston at the Texas yeah, Trophy. Was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I saw them on your page and I was like, okay, that's how I know. Um, but going back to ducks, I saw geese in my field like yesterday morning and it's still like 90 degrees here in Texas. I'm like, if this is the migration, we're going to have a weird waterfowl season. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I usually go up. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it out loud, but Corsicana-ish. <laughs> and and they're like, dude, if we don't get any rain, it's it's might not be really oh. good this year. And so Well, when I'm, did you I'm talk crossing. to him last? Before we had all that rain came in. So oh, I'm okay. crossing yeah. my fingers that it's better. But I tried to go up to Teal and he's like, dude, we don't we don't have anything going on. So really? which is yeah, a bummer. Because it's close, closer for me. I'm in Austin. So I'm, it's close. Oh, okay. 
but I feel bad for him because he's such a great guy. And, and, and of course, my first thought is this guy's got to eat, you know, so if he's got no birds to survive, yeah. like, that's terrible, you know. So yeah, I'm hoping that it turns around a little bit, but I'm actually doing a Kansas hunt this year. So I get to go up and do a Kansas pheasant and duck. And so I'm excited about that. So that's my one of my that's bucket exciting. list hunts. Yes, I try to do at least one cool one a year, you know, and that's that's this year. So, oh, that's awesome. I like bird hunting. It just kind of pisses me off sometimes, like, especially <laughs> with dove hunting right now. I've gone out the past couple nights and I, I, I don't take it seriously. Like I will sit in a spot for like 15 minutes, maybe shoot at one or two and miss them <laughs> all the time. And so dove especially really makes me mad. Those things are so fast. Right. <laughs> we had, and it's not been very good recently, the last yes. probably two or three years here. And, yeah. you know, like three or four years ago, we literally went, it was like Vietnam. Like we were like, dude, this is the best spot ever. <laughs> and then last year we went and there was eight of us. I think we had like one bird and we went into it going, we're going to grill. We're going to shoot him. We're going to eat what we have that afternoon. And we're like farm eight guys, like, yeah, put, 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 yes, farm to table. And we're like peeling this little breast, like, here, you want a piece? Here, you want a piece? Like, one yeah. little dish. Like, we might need to yeah. hit Chick fil A. We had three the other day, and there was like four of us here, and we're like, well, we'll cut them in half. <laughs> right. Obviously, going to have to cook something else too. But. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, with the second, we'll go back to the second amendment because this is funny stuff, but the second amendment, we're, so now you're kind of getting into politics a little bit and you're talking with about the 2A with all of these changes going on. You know, what's your thought on where we're at right now without getting too political on a hunting show? <laughs> honest, I'm going to be completely honest. I haven't looked at anything recently. Like I've right. heard things here and there. I haven't looked into it. I caught myself going down rabbit holes in the political world and it literally just made me sad because yeah. I'm like, what the heck? So I've had, I've taken a breather from it. Um, if something super major has happened, my friends probably would have told me about it. Has something super major happened that I should know about that I don't? Well, other than you live in the best place in the nation. For this, yeah. Texas, we're, yeah basically, exactly. like stay in Texas. We're, we're a sanctuary state for this stuff, you know? <laughs> right. I, I've been real big into it. I've been uh, 3D printing my own guns and stuff like that. It's it's really? just a blast. And uh, but yeah, that's like I say it's like I I post a few videos on that stuff. You know, just just saucy enough so YouTube won't ban me from for things that I put on there. But yeah, but yeah, it's it's we're here in Texas. Like I feel completely safe about it. You know, and uh, you still got to watch it. There's still cases in the courts and stuff like yeah. that. I, I think we're gonna be good. I think we're gonna be good. Yeah. And I take my breaks and then I go back into it. So if something major happens, I'll get like back into it. But my main thing is I just want people to get out shooting and go and try it for the first time and getting women involved in shooting. I have a lot of female friends that um, like Paige Rue, who also works for Turning Point, she does private lessons. So seeing mm -hmm. what she does to get more women involved in the outdoors and being able to support her and encourage people to her page. And I just think spreading education and awareness. And another friend, Amy Robin, she has um, concealed carry activewear. So that's really cool for girls that like to go outside and run in like busy city neighborhoods. They can actually carry their fire on firearm on them while they run so just like kind of being in the community spreading awareness that these other people that have way more knowledge than i have 
and just educating people and getting people to actually think for themselves. That's important too to make those connections. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, okay. Like there's a lot of things like I might not have the answer, but Hey, let's, let's go. Let's, let's talk to this person. We've got connections there that we can make to help answer those questions and learn more about it. You know, it's good. Yeah. I think it's important. We all share our knowledge within each other. I know that there's some people out there. They're like, I'm not posting like so-and-so like I just, like we're all one, we're a small community to begin with. So let's like share each other's knowledge and spread yeah. awareness and get people involved with what you're involved in. Yeah. You ever get a chance to work with like Dana Lausch or anybody like that? Yeah, I have worked with her quite a few times. Um, the last time was a couple years ago. I haven't seen her in a while, but I've worked with her through the NRA. I've seen her at Turning Point events. And so um, we talk every now and then. That's awesome. She's she's pretty cool. I like watching her. Yeah, she's on, awesome. On yeah, she seems and that's, like a legit good person too. Yeah, yeah you know? she gave an awesome speech at the Young Women's Leadership Summit um, with Turning Point this past year. But see, that's one that I would want to show others about because she has way more knowledge than me. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, yeah. That's cool. All, well, let's say all in due time, you'll you'll be up there, and then everybody will be coming to you. You know, the next generation will come up and be like, "Oh, and you can go talk to Kendall Jones. She knows way more about this than I do." You know, right. and I'm be like, "Do I?" Yeah. Well, <laughs> and it's like you know, uh, it's just like one of the reasons I started a YouTube channel is not necessarily like I know everything about this thing, but I have a perspective that I can give on it. You know, exactly. My own my own lived in experiences that I can share. And like I say, I always take feedback and I'll even respond and I'll say, I'll respond to these comments and be like, hey, man, you just taught me something. I just learned something new. And like we had a guy comment here too. He said, uh, you know, he learned the same thing about uh, Israel from you. You know, it's like, yeah. he didn't know that either. You know, yeah. it's constantly learning and growing. Man. That's the point. Change, uh, changing the world one podcast at a time, man. That's all we're doing. One podcast at a time. <laughs> you know, I'm going away from the name podcast because that insinuates that it's an Apple thing. Let's call it a broadcast from now. A broadcast. Yeah. Ago, yeah. A broadcast. <laughs> Yeah. So the problem is listening to Travis or watching his YouTube videos is it takes you down rabbit holes. So I used to be okay with just getting generic arrows. And now I got to like order them and build them myself and change. <laughs> so that's, that's been an hour that's spending a, every yeah, one yeah, of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Trying to tune them and all Get that. Get the magnifying know. glass out. And... <laughs> right. Yeah. See, that's, that's one thing that intimidates me about bow hunting is like, all those things there's like so much to learn about it especially arrow weight what broadheads the flood like can we just get the basic package and right right and start there simple. yeah yes because <laughs> it is a very easy wormhole to like get down yeah. into yeah totally i'm like velocity i learned that in high school and it stayed there <laughs> along with history i, I say don't along pretend with like history uh, and grammar. <laughs> that was math for me so, so what did Kendall take away from from high school <laughs> right. yeah, I'm just, i was a math nerd i love math uh, that's funny <laughs> so you'd be good at this you'd be good at this. i mean it's, yeah. i always say it's, it's not that different from from rifles you know it's like you got to worry about you know the length of your barrel contributes to the speed of the projectile same thing as like the brace height on your bow contributes to how fast the thing's going to be coming out of there you know your load is like kind of like the uh, arrow weight and all that stuff there's a translation in there so if you know a little bit about some of that stuff with rifles uh, it's not too hard to come over there to, uh, you know, to archery. You know, I think yeah. I, that was one of the things I grew up rifle hunting 
and uh, just shooting whitetails in my granddad's backyard with a 30 out six. And it was just like, boom, they just like disappeared. I'm like, there's like, <laughs> I was flat out dead in the first shot, you know. And then I bow hunted for the first time and I was like, I remember I made a brush blind around me. I cut a bunch of cedar branches off, you know, because I couldn't afford a, an actual blind. So I cut a bunch of cedar branches off and I brushed myself in. And I'm sitting in this little creaky stool, you know, and I see this thing come up. Five, this deer literally walked like five feet from me and didn't know I existed. And since that moment, I was hooked. I was like, I, I don't know if I'll ever hunt with a rifle it's again a unless I've got tags rush. in my pocket. It yeah. is, man. It is. There's I'm a junkie. There is definitely something about it. Mine is duck hunting. So I'm going to take Travis <laughs> this year. He's going with me to this Louisiana for his first duck hunt. And it'll be over. He'll be like, uh, I'm going to bow and duck hunt. I'm good. Yeah, I, 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 know, I, I know that's what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm just going to have to quit my day job and do that. You know? <laughs> right, right. right. Well, yeah. It's like Kendall Froze there. Uh -oh. Give her some to jump on. But uh, I think it would be cool to get somebody, like I said, and, and go through on the Go through that uh process of building arrows getting a bow and you know it's a, it's a thing i love about it too is that i guess kind of like hunting with a rifle you don't have to have the most expensive gear and all that you can usually yeah. use uh go with you know, like a even go get something from like uh you know the baseline bow from bear or something like that and like the hunting public guy showed it you can just you can still put down animals with that just as easy as anything else you just got to be good learn and like say grow in that you know so well i think it, it, it kind of goes back to you know what i was kind of talking about before was you know it, it, it's not necessarily your equipment i mean and dan dan said it really good too so you can go out and buy all this really really expensive stuff but if you can't shoot it or put a good shot placement it's all for not anyway right so yep. um you know i think that's that's a true statement you know, it is, it is what it is. Like you see to get out and, and shoot and be consistent with whatever is in your hand. Yeah, exactly. And you know, we were talking about a little bit about before the show, we'll wait for Kendall to come back here. We'll kind of carry the conversation in a different direction for the moment. Uh, but we were talking about, uh, you know, arrows and building arrows and all that stuff. And I stray from a lot of people out there uh, on the topic of, you know, when it comes to like what bow you need and everything, I think like you can go with the cheap bow, but my thing is, is, I think if you really uh, want to be the most versatile, most lethal that you can be with the bow, it's not a bad idea. I'm not saying you have to do it, but I'm not a bad idea to train to lift a heavier weight. Than 100%. 100%. Yeah. I and mean, so, I think, yeah, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, I think, like I say, if, if I can train with a heavier bow and all that stuff, it also is going to make me more lethal. My phone overheated. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Wait, wait. Is yeah. it an iPhone? Is it an iPhone? Yeah. <laughs> My dad had the same problem. He has a iPhone 13 Pro or whatever, and he was recording something outside. He has an apiary where he races bees, and his phone's always overheating. So he had to buy a little like those little pop up shades for it. So did he really? Yeah. <laughs> you can get one of those little fans you plug into your phone. Yeah, right. He keeps yeah. it cooled off all the time. He does itty bitty ones you like in your hat or something. Yeah. But, uh, no, no, I agree with you on that, especially in um, form, you know, can and you I think one of... you're frozen, uh, but you're, we can you're hear frozen, you. but we can hear you. There oh, you are. There you are. <laughs> no, my phone overheated. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Usually. Yeah. Yeah. The first the first few uh, I'm, I'm out in the sticks and my Wi-Fi is not good. So I had to learn I had to get a Wi-Fi extender 
turned everything else on the house off because it looked like I was in the witness protection program for like our first three podcasts. And now it's like, I'm afraid to move. Like before we started, I'm like, is this good? Is that good? Like, am I focused? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I had perfect connection. I ju it just went black and it said temperature. I was like, oh, I didn't even think of that. So <laughs> I put my yeah. phone in the refrigerator for a second and cooled it off. I was trying to get on my laptop and my internet wasn't working. So it's always oh, yeah. something. It's, it's always oh, yeah. something. They, you know, talk about stuff not working. I, we actually uh, had did a debrief uh, from our elk hunt. And so it was three of us that went and we got separated. And so we had our waypoints done and we're like, it's no problem. Like we know where everybody should be at, but we couldn't communicate because our satellite communicators weren't talking for like 14 hours. And I'm looking at my phone and, and I'm trying the new, the new mag view. Have you seen those? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So I've got this on my phone and I'm literally walking the wrong direction. Cause I knew where my camp was. And I'm like, this thing is literally not taking me in the right direction. <laughs> then it dawned on me, like this thing's messing with my compass. And so I popped off my, my, the cover and it like recalibrated. I was 700 yards the wrong direction. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, note my to self. God. Like this does not, you know, I'm going to make a Murphy's video law. on this and go just note to self guys. It's awesome if we're glassing, but take it off if you want to use, you know, your on X or whatever, because it will. I would not have thought of that at all. Yeah. So we learned so love every about time we go. Man. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. But. So that was my, my tip to you, Kendall. Now I can say I actually gave Kendall a tip. Take this mag view off before yeah, you get lost. Take on the mag view off. <laughs> so, yeah. But outside of that, That's it funny. was awesome. I loved it. It was it was very convenient. So good product. One one drawback. So yep. it is what it is. But anyway. We're throwing uh, all the knowledge on this podcast today. All the knowledge. That's right. That's what it's all about, man. <laughs> Learning and growing, man. Right, right. <laughs> But anyway, well, Kendall, I really appreciate it. Do you have anything else, Travis, you want to ask coming up on the kind of the 50 minute? Mark? No, man, I like to say, I just really, uh, I think it's really interesting if you haven't, uh, guys, go to Kendall's podcast or sorry, her uh, YouTube channel and go check that out uh, because there's a really cool, uh, whenever I was, you know, I was, I, we'd seen you before and then kind of in the wild on the internet, you know, and I was wanting to learn a little bit more about you. And I watched the, uh, the video, the little movie that you've got on your channel about you. And I was yeah. like, man, that was, it's funny because I remember, I remember that happened, all that stuff happening, it yeah. being a big deal on the internet. But I didn't, I didn't put two and two together that you were that girl that went through all that. And so it was really cool to watch that, that little film and uh, kind yeah, of. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people don't. Thing is, it's um, a lot of people know that story, but they don't know who I am, and so that's why it was a lot of body experience because. I heard people talking about this, but it didn't feel like me. And a lot, if you say, hey, do you remember that Texas Tech cheerleader? You're like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, that was me. I'm like, yeah. that goes into that. So. Yeah. Before we go to uh, just shout out how people can get involved in either Pass It On or your angel uh, stuff, um, if there's a website they can go donate to or by uh, or bid on on your auction items when that when the time comes that'd be great uh oh lost her again 
I'll put that phone back in the freezer. <laughs> right. Call that dude off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like I said, I had my dad was out there. He, he has an apiary. It's called uh, Mesquite Valley Farms. And he was filming some video for it. And it started glitching out on him and froze up. And Yeah. Hey, did so you see? I think we'll be able to do it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but you can follow me on social media, Instagram, Facebook, just type in Kendall Jones, K-E-N-D-A-L-L-J-O-N-E-S. And then my website is the, like T-H-E, KendallJones.com. And that's not because I think I'm cool. It's because someone took my domain <laughs> and tried to make me buy it for $20,000. And I was like, absolutely not. I'm going to buy the $20 domain that has the before it. So there, there you go. <laughs> well, good for you. Well, Kendall, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. We really appreciate it. I'm glad we finally got a chance to, to, to hook up and do this. It was very cool for me, A, to meet you, and B, to hear about your, your Africa trip. Because that, that definitely makes me understand why people go and do that. So for that, I, I really appreciate you you squaring that that circle for me. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And remind me afterwards, there is a good guy. Um, he has an Instagram called Blood Origins. His name is Robbie, and he does a lot educating people on African uh, conservation and conservation as a whole. So I can send you his profile if you want to learn more. Yeah, that would be great. That would be yeah. great. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Absolutely. Right, well, thank you guys so much. Thank Absolutely. you. Sorry for my awful Wi-Fi. But you have to, <laughs> you, you have to stay on when we block because I want to hear the the duck story. So. Oh God. It's recorded, man. We got we got it. Yeah, all, okay. <laughs> all right. On that note, predators, I'm going to send you guys away. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks again for Kendall Jones for coming on the podcast and uh, or sorry the broadcast and checking it out and uh, go check her out on social media and uh, don't forget to look down the the uh, description below and check out the sponsors for this video. We've got Crafted Archery and Easy Veins that have supported the channel and brought us uh, more of this stuff. So thank you guys again. And uh, without further ado, guys, uh, thanks for watching. And as always, keep defying the odds. And see you later.